listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. going to pray for yourself to prepare your heart to receive the word of God today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are so awesome. You are so incredible in our lives. And God, we just want to tell you right now that we love you. And God, we pray that we would open up our hearts to receive your word in such a special way today. That your word would take root, that your word would take hold in our lives, that we would never be the same. We love you. We praise you. We adore you in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. High five someone around and say, looking good, looking good, looking good, looking good. So really excited about our series for this year, really set in the course for this whole year. Jesus is. Come on, say with me, Jesus is. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus is. You know one thing I'm glad that Jesus is here. I'm so glad that he's right here, right now. But Jesus is so many things. I spoke this morning on Jesus is grace. Wow. You could talk for months and years on the fact of grace, not just because of what he's forgiven us from. Thank God for that. That's his unmerited favor. But I need his strength to be the grace that helps me in my life, too. And so we're so excited about Jesus is and have the word ready when people ask you about your wristband. Jesus is what? Be ready to tell them what Jesus is to you. And last week we began the series by really laying the foundation, setting some groundwork that is so important. And what we talked about last week was this that we need to have the revealed knowledge of Jesus into our hearts. It's not something that only can be communicated by someone else. We don't want a second-hand information of Jesus. Jesus didn't die on a cross so we could have, that's what I think he is. Jesus died on the cross so we can know who he is, that we can have a relationship with him. And that's why Jesus asked his disciples two questions. Remember, if you were here last week, if you weren't, then we're going to just recap quickly. Two questions. The first one is this. Who does everyone else say I am? What's the word on the street? What do everyone else think of who I am? And then the second question he asked is, but who do you say? What's your word? What's your thought? What's your truth? Everyone knew the first answer to the first question. Everyone had what they thought everyone else knew. But only one out of 12, that's 8%. 8% of those present that day had only the true answer. And Jesus said the true answer only came because it was revealed by God. Look at it, Matthew 16, 17. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You haven't got this off Facebook, Twitter. Come on, Snapchat. As important as it is to witness and evangelize, he said that's not a man thing, but it's a God thing. God has spoken into your life. 
So Peter's knowledge of who Jesus was and who he still is in our lives today, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, came from a personal encounter, a personal experience, a visitation that he had for his life. And last week we talked about the fact we must have an encounter, an experience personally with God. Come on, let me say that again. We must have an encounter and an experience with God. Because if we don't, we won't have the answer for the world. And we won't know the answer for our lives. So it's vital. It's not just suggested. It's vital. It's life or death that we have it. Don't be like the 92% of that day that said, oh, I think he's pretty good. When you can know without a shadow of a doubt who God really is. And it's so important to know him. And that's why We're going to be taking you on a journey through this month, just teaching you attributes, characteristics, who Jesus is, so you can begin to know him and open up your heart to receive him in a new way. John 14, 6 is our theme scripture. Read it out with me. And Jesus said unto them, I am the way. Come on, read it with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Come on, let's read it again. Together again. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say, I am a way. Jesus didn't say, I'm a truth, which would suggest or imply one of many. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, specifically speaking. And it's amazing that you, if you were to look at that, or that scripture, that verse, in so many other translations, it basically reads the same in every translation you read. Why? Because there's no other way to say, he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And so for the next few weeks, we're actually going to break down that, that verse. We're going to look today at Jesus the way. He's the way to the Father. Next Sunday, God will, and we're going to talk about that He is the truth about God. And then the following Sunday, we're going to talk about that He is the life of God as we have a family day and we're believing at the end of the fast for healings and miracles to take place in this house. Be inviting those that need a touch from God every week, but especially on the 29th because we're believing God is going to rock the house, that God is going to show up in absolutely incredible ways. So what was Jesus' first confession? He said, I am the way to God. I am the way to God. If you would turn back a few verses, in fact, if you were to look at the previous chapter, chapter 13, you would see that Jesus is in the Last Supper with his disciples. He's hanging out with his disciples and he's having a conversation with them. And a conversation goes basically like this, I'm leaving you. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to have to endure something horrific and terrible. But don't be afraid. Don't worry. Everything is going to be okay. John 14, 1, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. They're troubled over what Jesus has just told them. They're feeling bad. Come on, Jesus, you can't go. You can't leave us. God, we've got a good thing going here. Come on, stay. Jesus is saying, hold on, I'll have to go. But don't be troubled by that. Don't be upset with that things. Jesus is trying to change the mood of the party. Come on, it's a little bit low right now. Jesus is just trying to lift the spirits and say, come on, come on, let's get back. Let's focus again. Don't worry because... I'm going to take care of it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Here's what you need to do, though. Believe 
what? In God and believe also in me. In other words, don't be troubled, trust in me. The way is telling us, don't be troubled, trust in me. For in my Father's house, there are many mansions. In other words, there's more than enough room. Come on, it's a big, big house. With lots and lots of rooms. Come on. Big, big yard where we can play football. Come on, it's a big, big house. There's plenty room for every one of us. And he says, I have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Listen, he said, I'm going to make the way. I'm going to prepare the way for you. What did it mean by him leaving, preparing the way? He was going to die in your place. He took your place, the sin debt that you and I owed. He took all of our sins and he placed them upon him as he gave his life and he died for our freedom. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm preparing, I'm making the way available for every one of you to be able to make it to me. And he says, and if I go, and I am, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will come again. Come on, I'll be back. And I'll receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And here's the key part, verse 4. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. It's amazing. I really believe this in our lives that we know the way. We know the right thing to do. It's just we choose not to do it so many times. Jesus says, you're going to know the way. New Living Translation says, and you will know the way to where I am going. In verse 5, and Thomas said to him, here's the doubter, the one of the crew, that was always disbelieving and saying, come on, hold on a second. He was the one that was going to doubt Jesus. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? How do we know the way? And that's when Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You know the way because you're looking at it. You are looking at it because I am the way. I'm the only way. Jesus is what? He is the way. It's amazing though in the world that we live today, in the circles that we run, that causes many problems with the exclusive nature of the statement that Jesus says. Because what we hear around us or what is presented to us so many times today is Jesus is not the only way. There are many ways to God. There are many pathways that you can go along in your life and they all end up in the same way. There may be many ways to a God, but there's only one way to the God. And I want to just talk about that for a few moments. Really, if you've ever thought about it, in the society that we live in today, there is not much controversy when we start talking about spiritual matters. Notice I said spiritual and not Christian. When we start talking about spiritual matters, most have a reason, most have a thought, most have an idea today, whether it's a God that they believe in, a higher power, a spiritual realm. There is not much controversy when you start talking about spiritual things. But everything changes when you mention Jesus. Everything changes when you say, okay, that's well and good, but Jesus... 
and you begin to present to them the Christian message, then all of a sudden it's controversial. All of a sudden, now you're being offensive. Oh, we can talk about spiritual things all day long. That's really cool. But don't talk to me about Jesus. That's offensive. I don't want to hear that. Why is that? Have you ever sat and asked yourself why that is? Because most people who would say, I don't want to hear about Jesus, would admit the fact that he lived and he was a historical person. They're not denouncing the fact that he wasn't alive. In fact, they'd be foolish to do so because it's been proven over and over again that he walked this earth. A lot of those people aren't disputing some of the teachings. They like the hand-picked teachings. They like the ones about being blessed. and they like, all the, they like the teachings many times of what Jesus taught. But the hang-up is when Jesus declares that he is the exclusive way and the only way to the Father. Think about that. Well, you're, not, you're going to tell me that my way is not going to get me? That's when the hang-up comes. And we know why Jesus is so fought and why the enemy wants, because he wants to rob people from the power of knowing the truth of the glorious gospel of Christ. So especially in our pluralistic society. What does that mean by all the gods and the many ways that are around us, that all religious ways lead to God? That is not true. And I want to show you in five minutes, if you give me five minutes, I want to show you an overview of the major religions of our day. Because if we're saying that every way leads to God, let's have a look and see if that is indeed true. And I can tell you from the get-go, it isn't. But let's go on a journey and prove it for yourself through the journey. Buddhism. Buddhism. They believe actually in no God. There is no God. So right off the bat, there's a problem right there. Because if there's no God, how can a no God take us to a God? There's no type of final existence for them. They believe in countless new births. And one day it's just going to be all over. The cycle is going to end and it's going to be done. Hinduism. There is a God, but they teach he's an impersonal God. And the way we have fellowship with that impersonal God is we approach him through other deities, through other statues, through other idols. If you were to go to India right now, cows walk freely all over the streets. Why? Because they believe they're a God. You can't move a cow out of the way. If he sits down in the middle of the road, everyone stops till that cow gets up. Why? Because they believe that that's a reincarnation of someone else, that that's a God that they are placing their hope and faith in. In both of those religions, there is no forgiveness of sin. There is no supernatural help. There's just a karma. Mm. That you can live in that karma. That what you do comes back on you. What about the Muslim faith? We hear and see a lot about that. And let me say straight off the bat, it is not a religion of peace. Let me just say that. It is not a religion of peace. They do worship a God. The God they worship is Allah. Allah is their God, who is a personal God to them. They don't allow any secondary gods. There's a ban on all idols, but yet their standing depends on their works, their efforts, and how good they are. 
New Age is a big movement that there is around us right now. A lot of our movie stars and people are involved in that. Again, no personal God. It's just a higher consciousness, an energy, a power. And we are to be all one with the universe. Catholicism. Catholicism worships the mother of Christ more than Christ. There is a belief in him or of him, but the prayer tends to be guided towards more saints, tends to be guided towards more idols. Their confession is to man, and they pray for those who are dead to go through a purgatory, and they can pray that they can move them into heaven. Salvation is dependent upon works and performing the religious rituals. Then there's Christianity. Christianity has a personal God who desires to have a personal relationship with us. That's the separating factor between everything else that we've talked about today. Because everything that we've talked about today doesn't speak about a relationship. It speaks about a religion. It speaks about doing, not being. And because of the person of Jesus Christ who came to this earth and is without sin, who died in our place for our sins, we now are made right with God by not going through idols, not going through deities or religious efforts or rituals, but only by faith in Jesus. So what do we see? We see that they are clearly, by no shape or means, the same that they don't even come close. We cannot say that they all lead to God because some don't even believe in a God. And those who do have a different image or different picture of whether he's personal or impersonal. And it's amazing, we can say everything leads back to God where they don't even lead in the same direction. All pathways of religion do not lead to God. But there is only one way. And that one way is through Jesus Christ, is through a relationship with him. I don't place my faith in a church. I place my faith in the person of Jesus Christ, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And you may say, well, pastor, that's okay. We're in a Christian church. Of course you're going to say that. How do we know that our way is the truth? Because everyone else must believe their way is the truth too, because they would be silly not to follow it. And my answer is this. If you would look, Jesus is the only one that has laid claim that He is the only way. He's the only one that has stepped out amongst many because others have said we are one of many or there is others. Jesus is the only one that has stepped up and said, come on, I am the only way. And you know what else I love? Jesus is the only one that you can go to an empty tomb. You know why? Because he ain't dead. He's alive. He's not confessing something that he hopes to be. He's alive and he is well. His resurrection speaks for itself. And people have disputed that and said, well, hold on a second. His disciples stole away his body. Or there was a big cover up. No, there was no cover up. It's the truth that Jesus is 
alive. God's not dead. He is still alive, making way for you and I. Come on, the Bible said he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. In other words, he's praying for you today that you make the right decisions and choices. He's praying that you will take the right way today. In every circumstance, well, I just don't even know if God's up to bat with where I'm at. Listen, God's ahead of the game. He knows exactly because the Bible says he knows your end from the beginning. He has the best way in store for you. And we've got to watch because it's so easy to get caught up in the confusion of many ways. And I believe Jesus was making reference to this in Matthew chapter 7. You can dispute it if you want. But I believe Jesus was making reference to this in Matthew 7 and a reference that we can grab a hold of today when he says in verse 13 and 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it. I believe Jesus was saying broad is the gate, wide is the way because there are so many different ways that man has presented and given and everything looks right, feels right, seems right. Everyone else is going that way so it has to be right. Have you ever got lost and you followed where everyone else was going because you just figured that they must know where they're going? Have you ever done that and found yourself even more lost? Because they'll take you where they want to go. Listen to me. They're not taking you where you want to go. You've got to know the way for yourself. And that's why Matthew 7, 14, Jesus says this. Because narrow is the gate and difficult, confined is the way which leads to life. There's only one way. Jesus. And there are few who find it. We've got to be careful because I think when we read the word narrow, we can think of it as such a restraining pathway in the fact of why would I want something that's limiting for my life? Why would I want something that's hindering my life? No, 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 no. That's not what it means when Jesus, and watch, we don't paint that kind of picture that it's a gloom, doom and despair life. Come on, some people that are living that kind of life. No wonder no one wants to be a Christian. I believe the Christian life, the way of life is the greatest life that you could ever live. Every day I wake up with a smile on my face, even if my heart is heavy and sad. Why? Why? Because I know God is with me and he's going to help me today. I know he's my strength. I wish you'd help me preach this this morning. He's my strength. He's my hope and my peace. Why? Because Jesus is. He's with me. He's right there with me. But here's the real meaning. Are you ready of the way that it's narrow, restricted? It's not broad. It means this, that you cannot go through that gate side by side with someone else. It's a personal thing between you and God. You can't hold someone's hand through to heaven. You've got to hold his hand and you've got to go through him. Come on, it's not about the popular vote and what everyone else is doing. It is narrow in the sense of that I have to make that decision and come to that decision for myself. And then I'm telling you, when you step through a narrow doorway, my God, get ready for what is on the other side. Because it's fullness of joy. It's liberty. It's peace. It is joy. It is everything that you could ever imagine. Because when you step into the way of God, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. It's the fullest life that you could ever live. John the Baptist, the Bible says, was the one that was sent to prepare the way of Christ. 
John said these words. He said in Matthew 3, verse 1 through 3, he says, And in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For thus he who has spoken was of the prophet Isaiah saying, he is prophesying what has been spoken by Isaiah some, I believe, 600 plus years previous. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, who was John, he was preparing the way of the Lord and making his paths straight. I love the message that John came to prepare for the way because many people came to John and thought he was the way. Many people came to John and thought, wow, we've never heard anything like this. This is something new. He's got to be the one. But John said, listen, I'm not even close. I'm not even worthy to tie the shoestrings on the person who's coming. Listen to what Jesus or John said to them from the Message Bible, Matthew 3, verse 11 and 12. He says, I'm baptizing you here in the river and turning your old life in for a kingdom life. But the real action comes next. Do I hear an amen? The main character in this drama compared to him because I'm just the mere stage hand. Look what he says. Five confessions he gives of Jesus the way. He will ignite the kingdom life within you, a fire within you, and the Holy Spirit within you. Come on, I'm glad that the way comes to ignite something inside of me. A fire that wants to burn all the trash and the junk and the filth out of my life. That he said, I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit who's going to baptize you with power from on high. Come on, fire from heaven. And we need that in our life. This is the way of Christ. The second confession, He is going to change you from the inside out. You can put a suit on and you can put a tie on and you can come to church, but you're still a sinner inside. Come on, we still need a Savior that will change us from the inside out. You can take someone out of the environment of drugs and they're going to find new friends who do drugs because unless something changes inside of you, when you find that that mud, you're still a pig inside. Come on, and you're still going to roll in that mud. The way said, I'm going to change everything about you. Come on, no other religion, no other God confesses these truths. Come on, so if you want to believe that, believe it for what you want. But I want to believe someone who gave their life for me. Number three, he's going to clean the house and make a clean sweep of your life. Come on, what was doesn't have to be any longer because God shows up and everything changes. Number four, he's going to place everything True in its proper place before God. He's going to make your path straight, the Bible declares. He's going to set everything in the right order. What man thinks he's in control of, God says, hold on, check again, because you don't have the control, I do. Come on, when, the de- when Jesus went to hell, he took the keys from Satan. The devil don't even have the keys for his own hand. So don't let him think he's in charge. Don't let him think he's in control. The way said, I'm going to set everything in its proper order. We're going to turn this thing around. It was never meant for man to come to Christ through a priest or through someone else. I meant for man to walk with me in the cool of the day. I meant for man to have a relationship with me. And God said, Jesus said, the way is going to come and change everything. And the fifth confession, everything false, he will put out with the trash and it will be burnt. Come on. When it's held up to the light, nothing's going to be able to stand the test except that which is true and that which is right. You see, the way changes our life. 
Before even Jesus was born, John said, he's going to change your life. There's going to be a change that's going to take place. Or rather, Jesus was already born. Let me correct that. But before he stepped into his ministry, John was already preparing and making the way for Christ. From what could have been, Jesus came to make what should be. What could have to what can be. But we don't know the way, Thomas said. Satan has done everything he can to try and turn man to another way. 2 Corinthians 4.4, New Living Translation. Satan, who is the God of this world. Small g, notice that, please, small g. He has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, or he has blinded their minds so they can't believe. They cannot see the truth. They are unable to see the glorious light of the gospel of good news, so they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is in the exact likeness of God. What has Satan done? He's come to distort distort truth, to confuse the way, to blind our minds so we would see everything else as an option instead of the true way, the way of Christ. Wow, he blinds people's minds in so many different ways. Producing what? Bringing false hope into their lives, a false security. If you go this way, you're going to be saved but only to lead us in the wrong path. Because remember, all he has to offer is what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he has to offer. He knows the eye of man is never satisfied. He knows our desires. He knows our drives. And guess what he does? He plays all of them against God. Because our minds can be blinded. And talking of the blindness of Satan, let me ask you a question. When you now look back at your life before you were saved, remember how you were before you were saved? Probably not a good thought. But remember the decisions and the choices you made before God? What's the common conclusion that we can all come to in that thought? It's never, wow, that decision was a good one. It was never, wow, I wished I was really back there making those great decisions again. You know the conclusion that every one of us can come to today sounds something like this, whatever was I thinking? Whatever was, I mean, for real? I mean, come on, whatever was I thinking? And the reality is we weren't thinking. Anyone know what I'm talking about? We weren't thinking because if we were, we would have never done those things. But we can look now back and say how silly it was. But remember when you were in it, that was the only way to you. You thought you were living life. You thought this is the way. Wow, this is fun. I'm just going to be young. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Wow, this is party. This is the way. You didn't know how dumb and silly it was when you were in it. For what reason? Because Satan blinded your mind thinking that that was the way and the truth for your life because he knew that he, if he could destroy your life from the beginning, he would probably disrupt what would happen after. But he cannot completely destroy. He can just hinder. Because there is a way that is greater than the blindness and the darkness of Satan. And that's why we've got to do our wristband witness. That's why we've got to go out into the world. Because we've got to show them through the actions of our life that there is another way. That people can come in contact with you and they're going to say things like this. What is it about you? There's something different about you. There's a peace that I feel that I don't have. 
have. I'm searching for something and I don't see it in anything else, but I see it in you. What is it? When people begin to hear the gospel, they may not understand everything and everything may not change with the first words that they hear, but they do understand enough. And do you know what they understand? That the way I'm living in is not the right way. It's not the right way. May not understand the way, but they'll know enough to say that my way is not the right way. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way, a way, one of many, that seems right to man. It seems right. It feels right to do those things. It fits our desires, our appetites. It's what everyone else is doing. We're on the Broadway. Woo! Let's go. There is a way, but it's end. Say with me, but it's end. But it's end. The end of what? The end of what we have convinced ourselves is life and living it up and having a great time. Wow, this is the way. But the Bible says its end is the way of... Come on, read that. Its way is the end of... I just want you to say that so you can't say, well, you just said something that's not true. You said it. Because it's true. It's in God's Word. The Message Bible says there is a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again. Come on, look again. Young person, if you could just adopt that into your life to look again. When things appear to be something, because he'll come as an angel of light. Look again, look again, look again. Because it looks harmless, but it leads you straight to hell. Verse 13 of Proverbs 14, Message Bible says, Sure, those who appear to be having a good time, but all that laughter will end. In heartbreak. A way is very different to the way. I said a way is very different to the way. I'm so glad that Christ came to be exclusive so I can know the way. I don't have to struggle and say, well, I wonder if I'm going. I can know and I can place my hope and I can place my trust in everything. And I love you enough today to tell you the truth. Come on, church and religion is not going to save you. It's only a relationship with Jesus Christ because He is the only way to the Father. Salvation is believing in Him alone. It's placing your faith in Him alone. It's regarding and understanding He's the only way. He's the only true life. He's the only living and He's the only victory for your life. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, New Living Translation says, You say, I am allowed to do anything. When Paul came and he was presenting the truth to those in the church of Corinth, they had been set free from the law and the rituals of those days. Now their freedom, they thought they could just do whatever they wanted. We've got to be careful because Christ has set us free. But we've got to watch, the Bible says, that we don't become ensnared again in the yoke of bondage. What does that mean? We've got to realize that now we're, we can do anything we want. But notice what it says, not everything is good for you. You can choose to do whatever you want, but it's not God for you. Because if it's God, it's going to be good for you. Do I hear an amen? You can say, well, I'm allowed to do anything. But what does the Bible say? Not everything is of your benefit. It's not going to be beneficial to you. It's not going to be beneficial. There's so many things today, gray areas today, that people can say, well, I I believe that's right. Ask yourself this. How's that progressed in your life? Is it helping your life? And ask In the reality, ask someone who you trust and love and respect if that thing is 
furthering your life. Because you can ask your friends around and they're going to tell you, sure is. Sure is. The prodigal son had plenty of people around him saying, sure is, till all his money was gone and he had nothing. And where were his friends then when he found himself in a pig pen struggling for something to eat? Listen, you've got to surround yourself with the right people that are going to say to you, you know what, you can do that if you want. You can drink, you can smoke, you can party, you can go up, you can do all those things if you want. But let me tell you something, they're not good for you, they're not God for you, and they're not going to benefit your life. And they're going to be weights that will become the sins of your life that will take you away from God. Come on, we've got to be careful with the choices and the way we conduct our lives. We must desire to live according to His way. Have you ever played darts? Has anyone ever played darts here? If you've ever played darts, one thing you'll know about darts is there is a line on the floor. And you're not allowed to cross that. If you put your foot over the line, that's, that's a, a, a foul. You, you'll, you'll be penalized, you'll lose, you go. So what do people do? They don't do this at the line, do they? What do they do? They come up to the line, and a lot of times they'll balance with one foot, and they'll, look how far I am over, because bam, I can still be that far over and make a good shot. That may help you in darts, but let me tell you, that's not going to help you in life. Because if it's the line of salvation right here, how many of us are flirting on the edge saying, look, I can still make a good shot from here. There's no problem here. It doesn't take much of a nudge or a push for you to lose your balance and fall right into something that you say, I don't want to be a part of and I never want to be. Listen, you know what you need to be doing instead of seeing how close you can get to the line without falling over? You need to be over here pushing in the opposite way, saying, how far can I run from those friends and those things? And keep my life honorable to God. Because what's popular, accepted and permitted is not always the best for your life. And the best example that God has for your life. And that's what he was meaning in Corinthians 10. I have to close. Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. I am the truth. And I am the life. I'm the only way. And my prayer today is that you choose his way. Because choosing His way will never leave you disappointed. Our vision statement here at this church is life starts, love happens, purpose is revealed. I think you can parallel, that's the word. You can parallel our vision statement to what we're going to be preaching over the next few months. Or weeks rather. Today we're talking about the way. Jesus' life, that's our vision. It has to start with choosing God. It has to start with Him in your life. It has to start by knowing His way of living because that's when life starts. Life starts when? When you meet Jesus. When you're on the way, there's no greater life than that. Salvation starts with a prayer. Listen to me. That must result in a life of obedience and surrender. Let me say that again. Salvation begins with a prayer. But many people come and pray the prayer, but they never surrender their life fully over to God. Salvation starts with a prayer, but then it's carried out in a life of action and obedience and surrender to God, to His plan, to His purpose, to His way. And to live this life, He promises to help you. Look at this scripture, Isaiah 15, 30, 21. I bought Kelly a little calendar that you turn every day, and it's just got a little thing on it. Lisa Turquist, wasn't it? I bought you this year. And I just watched this morning. She hadn't turned it this morning for the January the 15th, but the number 14 
was still up there. And this scripture, paraphrased, was on there. Look at this. Your own ears will hear him right behind you. will hear a voice that will say, this is the way you should go. Whether it's to the right or to the left. One translation says this. Your ears will hear a word behind you saying to you, walk this way. And whenever you turn to the right hand or the left, it will guide your life. I want that kind of relationship with God, that when I walk through life, I hear his voice that says, Philip, that's not the way. Turn to the right. Philip, that's not the way. Stop. Philip, that's not the way. Pick up the pace. Philip, that's not the way. You need to turn around. I want to have such a closeness and an intimacy with God that he will do what he promises in his word to do, that he will speak to us and be the way, not what we just read of, but be the way that I can live in, in my life every day. Because his Holy Spirit promises to guide me in all truth, to keep me on the narrow way, to keep my feet sure and safe. So who is Jesus? Jesus is your way, the way of life and power. Would you bow your heads all over this place today? The way, the way, the way. The way is controversial for what reason? Because the God of this world wants to blind the minds of those lest they see the light of the glorious gospel. It's amazing that when you read any other religion. And hardly any of them is there a Satan. The Satan in most of those is other people. They're the ones that we have to be against. But there's no arch nemesis, is that the way you say? That's trying to destroy like there is with Christianity. Why is that? Because when it's truth, truth will always be opposed. Because Satan wants to do everything he can to snuff out the truth of God. I wonder today as your head is bowed and your eyes closed, I wonder how many in this place would say right now, you know what, Pastor? Never heard a message like this before. I thought my life was right. I was trusting in this and that. I thought that I was on the right pathway. But today I realize that there is only one way and I want to turn my life over to that way. Is there anyone as every head is bowed and eye closed that will lift up their hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to make it right with God today. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Is there anyone else that will say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Is there anyone else? Come on right now. Come on right now. As we begin to seek God, would you stand to your feet all over this place right now? Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. God, we thank you that you are the way. We thank you that you are the truth. We thank you that you are the life. Come on, Jesus. Those of you that lifted up your hand, I want you to take one more step today, and that is to come to the front. Coming to the front won't save you. But it's a step of faith to say, God, I want you. I'm making a bold declaration because, listen, if you can't declare him in here, 
If you can't stand in here and proclaim him, God says, neither will I stand with you out there. Come on, you've got to make that confession in this house. Come on, those of you lifted up your hand. Come on, people are coming all over this place. Come on, let's begin to welcome them. Come on right now. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, we're welcoming them to the Father. We're saying, what a day. This is the day. This is the day. I love this. Ashley's friend in church for the first time today. And Ashley's not even here because her back's sore. Keep Ashley in your prayers. She's been telling people about this church and her friend has come and today she's given her life to Christ. Come on, you've got to tell your friends about Jesus because they need to know the way because if they're not going his way, they're going the wrong way. They're going the wrong way. There's only one way of life and that's Jesus. Would you pray with me? And I'm going to ask everyone just to pray with these that have come forward today. And we're going to agree together right now in prayer, believing that God would just touch and meet their needs and just God would take care of every circumstance and situation of people's lives. Come on, let's pray that prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you are the way, that you are my truth and that you are my life. And right now, dear Jesus, I give everything to you. I surrender every part of my life I give it over to you and according to your word that never lies, I'm saved. I'm a new creation. I'm a new being in Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Shout amen in the house. Come on. We'd like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.